What's up, everyone? Thank you for tuning in to episode five of Lattes with Lindsay for the second season. It's been an amazing journey thus far, and we have Jamie Glassman today. I'm so excited to dive into her journey and what it's been like this far. She is a registered kinesiologist, and she's going to tell us a little bit about herself. What's up, girl? How you doing? I'm good, thanks. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. How you doing on this? I don't even know. Like, it's almost fall, but not fall. It's very confusing. I know. It's so, I'm excited to be here. I'm excited that the weather's finally cooler so I don't sweat through everything. It's fantastic. This is like, these like four days that it's going to last are like my favorite time of year. So it's good. I know. Well, um, on Wednesday, it's supposed to be like 30 apparently. So it's going to be crazy. Yeah. It's always keeping us guessing. I always like staying on my toes anyway. So it helps. (laughs) That's the story of our lives. Seriously. Yeah. So why don't you tell us about yourself? Who are you? So my name is Jamie um, with the I in the middle, which is usually confusing for everybody. Um, (laughs) I've been a registered kinesiologist for, I think, like eight years now. But who knows? This full year has felt like 40. Um, I've worked in most of the areas that either kins would assume to be working in or other areas that you wouldn't even expect. Um, I've worked with, um, just in a general gym, I've worked in, um, different types of clinics. So a physio clinic, um, a medical clinic doing like stress tests and other medical tests. I've done fitness testing for firefighters. Um, but most of my experience, um, has been working in an orthopedic clinic, working mainly with people with that have been in car accidents, WSIB claims, um, or general like aches, pains, injuries, disabilities, whatever, what have you, I've seen it all. Um, I've also done the disability case manager thing, which gave me a lot of experience doing like functional capacity and physical demands analysis. So I really got a good understanding of either not only like what limits someone from functioning and being able to do their job, but also like their recovery medications, Mm. all sorts of things. It's not just injuries, which surprise, surprise to kids, there's more things out there. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) But being able to really like manage, help people like see what they're struggling with, with mental health, physical illness, um, all sorts of stuff. Um, And right now I'm focusing on trying to create uh, online programs that people can do at home um, that kickstart people's ability to really reframe what exercise is for them, especially with people with chronic pain, getting people to start moving in a safe way and how to progress your body as opposed to just feeling like you need to either subscribe to fitness or you don't because yep. there is an in-between. <laughs> yeah, there honestly is. That's for sure. And uh, that's amazing. Where'd, where'd you go to school? I went to Guelph. Um, I did my undergrad in human kinetics at Guelph which was the best. And I very much went there because of all the places I heard it had the best food. So yeah, that was like very much the driving force for me. And like the added benefit is that we got to do like the full body, like anatomy dissection. Um, so Kins got priority to that, in, at Guelph, which was unreal. Um, and then after that, I also went to Humber College. Uh, I did a post-grad because you come out of university and you're like, okay, I'm so smart, but I don't have any skills like at all. I don't know <laughs> how to be a person. And I know that like research was not going to be my path. So yep. I did um, exercise science and lifestyle management 
which was one of the first of its kind, really. And it was created with the intention of writing the new kin exam. So I think I wrote maybe like the third sitting of the kin exam in Ontario. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was pretty cool. Um, and I got to learn like not only how to like work with a person, but also how to work with different types of people, get more hands-on experience with different types of testing. We had like a whole course on like EKG interpretation and stress tests and all that stuff. So that was oh, fun. Wow. Yeah, like it was really cool to see kind of not only like get all the pieces from my like really clinical and not clinical, but really, um, what's it called? Um, Science-based and theory-based program and actually be able to take all of it and like use it practically. So that was really cool. Yes. And honestly, that's the coolest thing about education is when you're finally able to like apply it because once you're registered, you're like, okay, now I can actually like use this in real life, not just like clinical experiences, but that's wicked. What kind of food was your favorite for school? What was your go-to? My food? Oh my God. So there was a like building called Creelman. It was like the Mecca of food and I still have like plates that I've taken from there. Um, Like plates, cutlery, you know, they because they gave you that and I'm like cool <laughs> like I can just take this home and then I just never gave it back so um, it. they had like a wood burning pizza oven that like you mm. could like pick which toppings you want and then they'd make it and then they'd put like uh pesto around the crust and then also like parmesan cheese and I'm just kind of like yeah no this is the best day of my whole life like every time um. It honestly, like food is everything when it comes to studying. Like my, when I was in college, my God, like food, if I didn't have like a snack beside me or like I would buy something from Bulk Barn and I would, I would purposely buy a certain amount. And then if I got questions right, then I would get them. But then there were days that like, I couldn't even eat it because I was doing so bad with studying because I was distracted or whatever. But yes, food is literally everything during school. I have to say. (laughs) that's so interesting honestly I wish I had that much self-control I was just like oh I just have unlimited access to Tostitos and cheese dip like yeah 100% literally the most unhealthy choice in the world but I know I know secretly your student loan goes like 90% towards food (laughs) really to keep us over sustained so that our brains (laughs) continue to function and we're too distracted to uh I know realize what we've gotten ourselves into I know what is it like the what is it the 15 freshman 15 is that what they call it yeah or in my case like the freshman 22 (laughs) stop oh yeah Oh it was not God. great. And it's so interesting because this is actually part of like my journey is that like I got into kinesiology and human kinetics because I used to teach karate. And I was like, mm. I'm, not t- I'm still this type of person that like tries to do everything and then gets overwhelmed and then like doesn't do anything at all. So I was like, maybe I'll like, what am I like? I want to keep all my options open, which now I know is very, very stupid. But I was like, maybe I'll be a doctor and a lawyer. And I'm like, I thought it was the best. I don't know. Either way. I was like, maybe. I think I'm smarter than I am when you're like 17. You know nothing about the world yet. Cool. Um, But yeah, I was like, I don't know what to do. And then like a guidance counselor um, was, I was talking to them one day and they're just like, well, like you teach karate, you've taken karate for most of your life. Like maybe this is something that you'd be interested in. And I like had no idea what human kinetics was. I was like, (laughs) let's just do exercise science this seems cool like someone told me to they must know better than me cool so I did and 
ended up at Guelph and had no idea like I was fine I started like as I was going like going into university I started to feel like things about my body that like I'd never really noticed before like Mm. some cracking in my shoulders some stiffness and then once you go from like I did karate like two hours a day like six days a week for years and then you go to university where you're like I have no structured exercise requirement Mm. So I went from being that to like a human equivalent of a potato, um, <laughs> especially with all the salt from the st- Tostizos and cheese dip. I just like, you know, human potato, oh, very salty. God. Anyways, I started to notice all these things about my body that were frustrating. Like either like mm. I was just in pain, I'd get horrible migraines, um, neck mm. pain. I'd try to like, and once you gain that weight, you're like, okay, I want to try to like, work it off and that's the like the expectation you're like okay I gained it I need to exercise diet and like you think that it's so simple but it's not because there's so much about your body that is so unique to you and ways that your body responds and are also an accumulation not just like all of the food I ate like an Mm -hmm. accumulation of all of the things that happen to you that you need to be aware of in order to let go and free yourself from in order to feel better and also get the results that you're looking for. Um, And at the time, I didn't really know that much, but as I was learning through school, I was learning all these things. Like um, once you stop moving, you can start to see these things that were going on in your body that weren't a problem because you were active. But Mm -hmm. on the other side of that, when you're active, it actually protects you. So there's so many things biomechanically that could be like quote unquote, wrong with you but it's really not an issue because it's just something that's structurally unique to you and is only an issue if you're not staying mobile and strong so this is where it comes in is I'm a big advocate for you know uh, body acceptance and not focusing on body image and using other metrics other than weight to um show your success and use exercise as the modality it can be for so many other things and Mm. show people how their function is. So I learned and I was like frustrated for years and I was always kind of like um, judging myself based on how I looked and how I felt. And what really would be the cycle is I wasn't happy with how I felt. And the only thing that I was ever told was if you lose weight, you'll feel better. But there's so much you can do before then that can actually motivate you and actually still make you feel like you're not a piece of shit Mm. Um, other than that. And it's so important to realize that because so much of what I do is showing people that there are options for them. They don't have to suffer. They don't have to do the most intense option. We can actually create options for you, for your Mm -hmm. body, where you're at now, and that you don't have to be where you're at now you can be more than that but we just have to figure out where we're at now where we want to go to and then we can manage the evolution as we go and that's okay so it's really just about creating that safe space for people I think that's beautiful though because I think you know from my personal training background and mobility and stuff I find that a lot of people who are in the industry of health uh really do focus on losing weight or how to shred how to like everyone is so obsessed with getting to this point of 
smaller or more fit or more tone, which is all great. But I've also had conversations with people who are fit and who are toned and who have the perfect bodies and know what their mind is not perfect, right? So if you're able to open their eyes to not only seeing that it's not a lose weight journey, but it's a whole lifetime journey, because that's another thing too, is that people always think about the short-term stuff. And if you go on a diet, it's short-term and then nine times out of 10, you'll gain all the weight back anyways. So you have to make it like a life journey. And it's just pretty interesting that when you have people who are motivated to help you in ways, not just to gain that goal of losing weight, that is beautiful because it's so much in the mind as well. Like you really got to like figure out the uniqueness, like you said, of an individual because they may get to that weight pretty easy, but then their mind still thinks that they're that other size. So it's, you got to really balance out that person. And and that's great that you do that because I think that's really important. Thank you. A lot of what I've gotten with like working with my clients is really taking out that focus and finding out what they want to be able to do. Mm-hmm. What would that, what does that mean? What, what does your goals allow you to do? And that's a lot of like, also like now that I'm self-employed as well, I'm an entrepreneur now. I just got comfortable saying that like yesterday. Um, <laughs> it's been a year and a half now. I'm like, cool. I'm an entrepreneur. Like still awkward about it. Um, that's just me though. Um, but at the same time, I feel like it's interesting because once you really get deep with the person about what they want to be able to achieve and what they want their life to be, there's so much more option and there's so much more flexibility. And I've been learning a lot about a periodization because a lot of how periodization can be implemented for sport can actually be really effective for training for um, general population or people with illness, disease, or chronic pain, because Mm. you need to factor in their performance and also um, making sure that you're making rest a priority. So if you're, for example, um, working out like three times a week and you are kind of getting rest, but you're so focused on getting your goal that you're just pushing yourself too much and you Mm -hmm. don't take a week off or you don't take any rest, or once you do take a break, you feel guilty about it. So you associate that with something negative. Mm -hmm. It actually hurts your body more. And it keeps you in this like acute phase of like inflammation and actually puts Mm -hmm. you at higher risk of injury. So like, there's so much there, whether like you're at the end where you're just like mentally, like, this is what I need to do. And I feel guilty or if I'm not doing all or nothing, or if you're just don't know any other, any different, and this is just what you believe to be true, mm-hmm. there should be other options for people. And that's also led me into learning a lot about the menstrual cycle. Um, oh yeah, that's a big one, big, big one. Huge. And it's so much that people don't talk about that we can actually like periodize our exercise programming based on where we're at in our cycle. And especially for people in like, for, you know, women, people in the trans community where um, they like, people might not associate themselves as like feminine or um, based on their biology, but those biological factors can help based on how they're feeling. So a lot of where I'm motivated to help is creating programs that are inclusive to really make people feel heard, really give them that validation that like, you know what, like these are things that are factors 
that can mm. affect you. You should be advocating for yourself to your doctor. And I believe you. So let's do something about it and create programs for you that are actually really specified to something as that specific to their life. And Damn, I was listening amazing. to, it's, it's, a, it's constantly like a learning opportunity too, especially when um, you're learning about chronic pain, about different types of like ways that people identify in themselves. Cause whether mm-hmm. it's, you know, they can identify by their disability, by their pain, by their gender. And you don't have to um, in terms of that labeling yourself as one thing. Mm-hmm. And this is always such a difficult conversation to talk about because I'm still learning about it too. And I'm always excited and looking forward to hearing feedback in that capacity as well. But I think it's so important to really start to take, to unveil that um, the healthcare system and say, you know what, there's a lot of holes here. Mm-hmm. Um, you're not being treated the way that you should be. Just something as like, you know, basic as being heard in terms of your concerns and having all of the factors of who you are be important. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of where I'm at. And it's complicated in terms of chronic pain because there's so little research on um, the types of exercises that are so helpful for these things. And I feel like the missing link, especially for people that do get a menstrual cycle is really just listening to your body that way and using mm-hmm. those as opportunities to get that rest. And that's the end of my TED talk. <laughs> <laughs> TED talk. That's amazing. Um, I, I think that's honestly beautiful though, because I mean, you said it yourself, everyone is learning, right? Even, even as an individual, you are constantly learning about your own individual menstrual cycle, I'm sure, as well as other people's who, you know, you're working with and building that rapport and building that respect and and owning the fact that each person is so different. And I think when people finally realize that instead of creating generic fitness plans or generic nutritional tips and tricks, I think it's really important to dive into the individual themselves and then open up that kind of Pandora box and see what is really inside of that person to overall obtain their goals. I think that's amazing. Thank you. How do you make your uh, clients more accountable for their goals and obtaining their goals? That's a really good question. Um, It's really different for each person. It really depends on what what motivates and excites them. And that's really about getting deep with them. Whether it's um, A, something that I probably struggle with the most is like setting those boundaries because I just care so much about all my clients. And when you see them like Mm -hmm. so frequently, or just like you build that relationship with them and you want them to succeed. Mm -hmm. And so I find that the best thing that I've been able to do with that is being like, if you want to keep yourself self accountable, here's a couple options. We can use apps. So whether it's like my fitness pal or Fitbit, um, and I've been using this new app called heads up health, where it integrates all your data. It integrates all of your data from Fitbit, Apple health, um, or a ring, whatever you have. And it's also really good for um, people that like have diabetes or heart disease that are managing their blood sugar. So there's apps that do that. There's apps for your menstrual cycle. There's apps for um, to keep you in ketosis as well. There's like a fasting timer for intermittent fasting. So it's an all-encompassing thing. And oh, it's a wow. really, really, really new software as well. So I find that that's one way that I'm trying to integrate into my client's and patients process 
so that they if they have those types of technologies that they can just sync it and then i can we can see things like their sleep and their activity and how they overlay with each other um so where we can start to see what how they're being successful already and showing them ways that they can be successful out of outside of i was able to lift more i was able to be able to do a certain level of intensity for their exercise yeah so a couple of things that are a little bit more simple is i get people to either text me or email me um with the expectation that i'm not i'm not obligated to answer or say anything or that i'm not giving them any other anything any feedback in terms of like what they're doing it's just that opportunity for them to kind of be accountable with me and say okay i didn't do it or i did do this and it's a way that we can see a what they're doing throughout the week but then also celebrate mm. their victories together and also see you know what maybe if you didn't work out all week giving you that permission to say you know what that's great i'm really happy to hear that you rested it seemed like you had a lot of other stress so adding more was not appropriate or maybe they worked out twice in one week even just for 30 minutes being able to track that stuff makes such a huge difference and then being that person that can offload that and be that person that's listening and hearing it and documenting it and paying attention i bring things up from like months before to be like listen this is where you've come from so even if you feel like you've had a bad week or you feel like things are a little bit harder this week here are the factors that might be contributing that and that's not about you personally that's not about whether or not you've been successful or you failed it's much more complex than that and there's so much more room for success and positivity so when you have this many clientele for example like this many clients do you find with the way you work uh holding people accountable and you know continuing that rapport and keeping that um option for uh contacting you directly do you find that you have a certain amount of people that you can only do that with because i'm what i'm envisioning is if you say have more than 25 people right <laughs> at one time doing all your fitness plans do you feel that you will be able to obtain or hold yourself accountable for example to kind of keep up with everyone or do you find that's really tricky that's a really good question i feel like it's really about making sure that you have good systems in place and as i said like i'm a fairly mm. new entrepreneur um these are things that I'm I'm still working on and evolving with. I'm I don't have a ton like a unreasonable amount of clients right now, so it becomes easier, but some people don't need that either. So it's about putting it in their court and also saying this is something that's for you that's an option and setting boundaries based on um what comes up and comes out of it. Mm. So some like I give it the option to everyone, I'd say maybe like a third of them actually do. Okay. Um and then at the same time too it's more just about being able to get that information. Mm -hmm. I'll tell people I'm not going to look at it until like maybe before our next session and we can talk about it at our next session. And then that way it's more about the objective data for me and about that kind of connection and accountability for them. Um so that's kind of my intention moving forward but as we know being, you know, in the healthcare field and being an entrepreneur doesn't always work that way no oh, matter yes. how much you overthink it and oh. stress about it and think that you have a plan and then all of a sudden you're just like well this didn't work let's try something else so <laughs> i know it's I, so yeah. true uh when i was on another podcast we were having that conversation <laughs> and we were we were talking about how the fact that 
entrepreneurs and themselves have such a hard time trying to figure out the divide of personal time versus business time. So as a new entrepreneur, how are you finding it so far? I'm very bad at it. Like very bad at it. (laughs) I take my work very personally. I am very much like something that I've had to kind of work on in terms of like my my mindset because we talked about that before about like how like what you think and how you feel and like how those things are all like intertwined and confused based on our beliefs and our past behaviors and our past experiences and who knew that we had Mm -hmm. to pay attention to that stuff you're like oh I thought I could just like leave all (laughs) of that in the past and then just be a person and like it doesn't matter that's not really how it works we've all worked Mm -hmm. that the hard way no matter how much we try Um, but something that I've really learned a lot is really just making sure, as I said, setting boundaries, not only with other people, but with yourself. I'm someone that wants Mm. to be everybody's best friend. You included, I basically made you talk to me on Instagram, (laughs) just like slowly vetting you being like, does she want to talk to me now? Is it cool? I don't know. Um, same thing like other, we just become best friends. Yes. Yes, we did. I'm very annoying. I will be around and talk to you at least once a week forever and ever. But, um, being able to set those boundaries as well to know that like, I'm allowed to have time and space to fill up my cup. Um, when Mm -hmm. mine's depleted, feeling like I'm Mm -hmm. in a position where I can find my support networks, whether it's a group of other business professionals or a business coach or even just other like people in my life that kind of can take me out of that work space. Um, Those things Mm -hmm. are really like so valuable and making sure that you have time each week for that. And that self-care and self-care is basically a meme now. Um, So (laughs) what is that? My favorite thing is Austin Powers. What does it all mean, Basil? Like, what does it mean? And a lot that can be something as simple one week as just taking 20 minutes to turn my phone off and do a facial for myself. Yes. Or go for a walk and listen to a podcast and like give give yourself permission to just let go Mm -hmm. as opposed to what I do all the time is sometimes I'll just like watch TV as a distraction from my own thoughts. And that's different. Because that's not actually doing anything. That's just kind of distracting me from the things I should be doing. And then you feel guilty and then it becomes a spiral. (laughs) So those are the things that I find are very difficult and more challenging than I expected them to be because it requires you to have discipline when you're not motivated Mm -hmm. and requires you to also have discipline to be able to protect yourself and allow yourself to care about yourself even though you're in a profession that's predominantly about caring for other people and being able to also be professional in that process and make people feel heard, but also be able to um, protect your, also show your professional integrity as well. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I write it all out a lot so I can like literally organize it and be a crazy person. But like, you're not crazy. I swear to God, you're not thank crazy. You. <laughs> oh man, sometimes you, that too. Sometimes you just need that validation to be like, am I okay? I don't know. Am I stable? Like, yeah, like, cool. Am I a stable yeah. individual? <laughs> yeah. And like we generally are. Um, it's just sometimes things can be when you're in like in the shit, pardon my French, um, it sometimes can feel like it's all over the place and yes. another podcast episode with um you've been on two rmts and a microphone yep we basically just 
I went on a rant too there and it's very much half the episode is how I also wear people down to be my best friend. (laughs) Well, I think as entrepreneurs though, we fully understand each other because I think we all get that time in our lives where we sit back and you're like, okay, you know what? When I come home, I don't have to keep working. Like just take one night off and, you know, it's so hard to say no sometimes because if you're a very driven person or you have a to-do list that is put on every single month in my calendar, you know, I have color-coded things. I have certain days where I do certain things. It's incredible when you sit back and take in how much work you do in one week. It is so unreal. Like it's so overwhelming. It's a good thing and a bad thing, but overall, I think as an entrepreneur, you have to understand that you have to have a certain mindset. And when you have that mindset, it'll take you so much further. And hopefully that will at some point help you understand balance in your life. But I mean, my company is called Needing Balance, but (laughs) I'm forever needing balance as well because, you know, I put up posters in my condo building and of course people are going to call. And once you kind of initiate that potential in your home it's kind of a pickle too because now I have people calling who live in the condo or you know when I'm going into the elevator they're like oh you're the massage therapist who's who lives in the building um do you have any availability tonight and it's like no (laughs) it's 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 nine o'clock at night and I'm tired (laughs) and I've been working for seven hours and it's you really have to learn how to say no and I think for us even myself it's something that is very difficult (laughs) but forever a mission you know especially because at the same time too like we also have to think about what value are we providing to that person if we are not mentally and physically where we need to be in order to give ourselves to those people the way we want to so yes on the surface we're like well I do have that hour I could use that extra money I could you know I think I could probably do it But then like, you know, deep down that you're just like, well, I already saw like seven people today, or I already spent this amount of time, or I already blocked off this time to be with my partner or play with my dog or go for a walk because Mm -hmm. that's what I need for me. And at that time, the service that you'll provide to someone a little bit later, a day or two later is, will probably be a lot better for them and for you because you'll be able to be present. You'll be able to be energetic. You'll be able to have, not feel constantly depleted by trying Mm -hmm. to accommodate everyone else but yourself. And there's that guilt because you're like, well, I have that time. I could, but they don't Mm -hmm. have to know that. It's not lying because (laughs) you are allowed to sleep and have time to eat and have unavailability that's not just filled with the patients or things that you have to do that make you money. Mm -hmm. So I feel like that's the hardest part, especially being an entrepreneur now, because the previous business models were, as long as it's making you money, you're successful. And then you're Mm -hmm. burnt out and going crazy. And you're just like, wait, this doesn't feel like a life. <laughs> exactly. What is life, honestly? Um, life? <laughs> because I, I think what I think about sometimes is the fact that people always ask me, they say, oh, your hands must be so tired by the end of the day. Like, are you not like so tired after the end of the day? Or like, do your hands not cramp? 
at some point during the day. It's, it's always the same questions, but I think what people forget too is that every hour, for example, for massage, every hour you are, they're literally taking everything out of you physically, emotionally, mentally, everything. And then you have 50 minutes in between that to write your notes, reset your table, reset your mind, and then go into the next treatment. And I think people tend to forget it's not just a physical job. It's not just my hands. It's it's my mind that's constantly going, trying to keep you calm, trying to, you know, make you be happy with your treatment or fulfill whatever need you needed for that therapy. So it's so tough sometimes. So how do you find when you go home by the end of the day, do you have certain things that you do to clear your mind or to relax your mind at all? Um that's always still a difficult thing, especially since we're at a lot of right now is still me at home. <laughs> I don't really mm-hmm. get that separation right now, being able to go out and have my day and then come home. My home is my workspace too. So what I'm mm-hmm. trying to do is I'm trying, and by trying, I mean that this isn't a process as opposed and set, not setting super harsh expectations on being perfect at it. Cause I know that that has always failed for me in the past. Um, (laughs) trying to limit my time on social media. Um, trying to kind of, I have this game that I really like to play on my iPad and it just gives me that opportunity to just focus on strategy Mm. and less so about actual, like thinking about things. So I'll, you know, set 30 minutes and play that game or just watch a TV show just to kind of get myself outside of things that require that physical and emotional energy. So then I can cook Mm. dinner with my boyfriend or feel like I can go and work out and go for a run or do what I need to do. Um, But it really just depends on what I need that day and setting expectations of like, these are the things I need to do because it'll make me more efficient as a person. Again, does the same thing as everything else. It adds more pressure than it needs to. So I'm trying to really Mm. check in with my body. What does my body need right now? What do I need? Do I need to exert energy and let go of maybe some anxious thoughts? Maybe I'll go for a run or maybe I'll just do some like a workout at home. Or maybe I'll just talk to somebody about it. Um, Or do I just have I been overwhelmed by a lot of stuff that I need to take a step back and just think for myself, need to go walk, go for a gentle walk and just like listen to a podcast for an hour, go outside and just like sit on a park bench and just watch the birds like things like that, (laughs) that don't that make me feel like I'm filling up my cup again, instead of things that are just distracting me from what I need to do or feeling like I'm procrastinating mm. because that boundary that I'm still working on, um, cause I am not perfect. Obviously. I don't know if you can tell <laughs> because some people might think so. I'm very well read. I don't know. Um, it, uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, like amazing. that boundary between productivity and self-care is really just it's so a very thin line <laughs> it's a very yeah, thin because line I'm just yes. like, am I just distracting myself and procrastinating or am I actually doing something that like makes me feel good and actually gives my brain a break instead of mm-hmm. distracting me from feelings who knows there's so much stuff so yep. it's a process journaling helps but then I also get bored of writing so it's like <laughs> Process. Yeah, honestly, it's a continuing like for, forever. I think we'll be continuously learning about self care. Like, I talk to people who are fifty years old and they're still learning what self care is. You know what I mean? So it's it is always going to be a process. But learning to be patient with yourself and understanding, like in this moment, 
I don't want to do anything. Like I have no interest in doing anything for one hour. And you just, you, like you said, you watch a TV show, you listen to a podcast, you play your game, whatever it is. And, you know, I find sometimes when you have someone in your life, whether it's a family member, a dog, a boyfriend, it's almost great because then you can actually use them a little bit and say like, Hey, like, do you want to have dinner tonight? Or do you want to go for a walk? Because then you also are holding someone else accountable for the same time frame, and you are eliminating that chance of working for that hour, which you know you probably would. So it's it's nice to kind of have a chance to get outside and push yourself to be uncomfortable sometimes. But I agree. I agree. Yeah, that's the one thing like that you don't learn in school is how to be a person. <laughs> how mm-hmm. is a day supposed to be? But also, who am I allowed to be? And the answer to that is you're allowed to be whoever the fuck you want. I'm basically very much bad at limiting my language. Um, <laughs> but, <okay. laughs> but that's really the hard part is really letting yourself go from your expectations. I don't have to be anything than what I want to be for myself. And sometimes even just taking some space to figure out what do I like? What makes me feel good? Like I've done like a bunch of those like dogged journals and like I, there, I have this one that I love because I've tried them all so that I could figure out which one I like, much like when I was going into university and I was like, maybe I'll do everything. I could have a smorgasbord. And then you're <laughs> like, I'm just always going to be perpetually confused. Um, but now I know which ones I like. And, you know, the happiness journal is one that really gives you that um, space to schedule out your day, but also prioritize yourself as well to be like, what do I like to do? What do I want to do? Who do I want to be? And how do I want to show up for people in my life? And then that also Mm. bleeds into your profession as well. And then you're able to show up more as the person that you are instead of just kind of fighting against it because of your expectations about what you think you should be. Um, Is it called 52 list of happiness? No. Oh, damn. I was going to say, because I... My, one of my best friends, she just got me that book and it's been amazing. It's, it's literally the exact same thing. That's really cool. Yeah. It's, it's more of a guided, like it's a calendar journal in itself. So it's not like a book. It's actually like Mm. a calendar that you use to like schedule out your day. It's just more so showing you where your priorities should be. There's a bunch of them like that. Um, there's also the ethic planner, um, even just like the five minute journal, like stuff like that, where they're just kind of like, you probably need a little bit more structure in your day because if you're, especially as an entrepreneur, you have nobody else telling you what your expectations are for that day other than you. <laughs> and you have mm-hmm. to wear 40,000 hats. So you have to figure out how to like balance those things and still make the thing yep. you love to do the focus of that and not the things you hate to do because see cats out of the bag there's a lot about being an entrepreneur that sucks because you have to do all the stuff you hate until you are successful enough to delegate that stuff um oh yes so oh yes yeah that's good to know though because I think you know a lot of people always view entrepreneurs as this perfect job and you're your own boss and you get to make your own hours and I said you know what like behind the scenes people don't realize how much work it is and I love having entrepreneurs on this podcast because I also want people to understand and appreciate how far people go 
to make their career successful, right? And I think it's great, you know, like yourself and all my other um, people who I've had on so far, it's been amazing hearing everyone's journeys because everyone's A, is so different, but B, everyone's progressed in such a positive way. And, you know, it's normal to have plateaus. I think that's the biggest thing. Like I'm sure in school you've had it, you know, as an entrepreneur at the beginning, I'm I'm sure you've also experienced it. But, you know, besides the self-care aspect, is there anything from your course that you wish the teachers taught you more about in kin? You know, I don't know if it's necessarily from courses or from school, but I feel like a lot of what needs to be valued in our, in the healthcare field in general is our professional connections. So Mm. being able to create a network of people that not only you can kind of refer to, but also refer with and really understand what the other professionals are, how you fit in and really build a a world that works for not only yourself, but also your patients. And Mm. whether that's building a a network of people to know kind of what are the courses I need to take once I come out of school to be able to know what I, how I need to build up my skill set to be able to work, but also what are my jobs that I need? And how does that all work together? And how do I maintain those relationships so that once I am an entrepreneur as well, I can still feel supported by those people as well. And I think the biggest transition for me was from leaving a clinic environment where I had all of those resources at my fingertips and a lot of stuff done for me. um, So I could just focus on what I was doing was that I wasn't around a team of people all day, all the time that we were constantly collaborating with. And you kind of need to fit, build that yourself. And especially individual practitioners, there a lot of the focus is maintaining their patients, keeping their patients and being top of mind for them. But where mm. I see the future going in healthcare is building teams of people that can satisfy different needs and still create um, constant connection with your clients still have reasons and understandings of why we're doing what we're doing instead of just managing people when they're just just acute or working with them until you know they've hurt themselves and go back so there's lots of ways Mm -hmm. that we can build relationships and I feel like that's the one thing that they don't teach you in school is kind of those soft skills how do you build relationships not only even when we're doing experiments we should have some sort of training on how do we like talk someone in and out of this? How do we create that human connection? How do we make people feel comfortable while while also setting boundaries? That's basically the theme Mm -hmm. of like my life is I wish that in school, we learned more about how to also be people. So yeah. I agree though, because I think um, what, what was kind of tough is that they, they graduate you from, your profession. And unless you go to the conferences in regards to what you are studying, you really don't build rapport with other practitioners until you graduate. And I think that's such a a tough position to be in because it really does help you kind of navigate where you want to go for your future. And I think overall, when you meet certain people, they inspire you to say, oh, I didn't I didn't even know that was a thing. I didn't even know that avenue was an option. And it almost takes you in a way where it almost strives you to go in a positive direction, maybe different than the one that you originally thought. So that's pretty, did you ever go to any conferences or do you guys have uh, conferences within your field? 
Yeah, so there's a bunch. I've been to the OKA conferences for years, so the Ontario Kinesiology Association for people that aren't kin that don't know. Um, there's also like a bunch of like now online opportunities um, through the Canadian Kinesiology Alliance. Um, there's a Facebook group right now called Connected Kinesiologists, which kind of brings all of the kinesiologists mm. together to give people some clarity, some options. And I'm currently working on kind of building out more resources for students because I've seen talked to a lot of students so far and um, they don't know what their options are. They don't know what they can do. Mm-hmm. And a lot of it really ha- doesn't exist. It's, you know, you could either work as a PTA or in a gym, but there's all these things that you can contribute to, but they're just not available as job options. You have to make them. Mm-hmm. You have to have enough of an interest to go into that area. And especially, as I said, someone that wants to do everything. And a lot of that is like a defense mechanism. It's a safety thing where I'm like, I need to have options. But the idea of narrowing in in one direction seems super duper scary for me. But I know two things. One, if I go in that direction and it doesn't work out with me, that's okay. I can choose something else. And B, worst case scenario, I am successful at that thing. I can also build off of that. I can do more. I just Mm -hmm. have to start somewhere. And that's kind of the biggest thing for me is that, and I feel like I've said that 40 times, so there's a lot of biggest things for me. Um, (laughs) But um, (laughs) it's really just about giving people a space where whether they're a patient or a student or another professional to feel safe and heard and connected with, as opposed to feeling like, um, there's ulterior motives there. And that's mm-hmm. kind of what I feel like needs to be um, more emphasized. And again, a lot of this is speculation based on what I believe. And I am just mm-hmm. an eternal optimist is that but you've also experienced it too, right? So you you kind of know, like what, what to look for. So for sure. Yeah, but at the same time, kinesiology is also a brand new health profession in only Ontario. Mm-hmm. And we'll see how that evolves and how that changes and what that does. But at the same time, I'm so optimistic that by creating, by the fact that we exist at all is an opportunity to create those connections and that community to bring our healthcare teams together, to make people feel more heard and respected in the healthcare field, but also within Mm. patients and treatment in themselves is having people that actually can care about their continued success, their quality of life and not just their area of concern. That's a great way to think about it, though, because I I think when we have people come into our classes during school, you know, they teach us the the importance of the future and how, you know, your profession can make a lot of money or it can make a little money, depending on how motivated you are. But sometimes I wish they would give us the blunt experience as well. You know what I mean? Like, I would love to hear when I was in school about you know, the tough, the tough months of therapy, right? Because there are so many like good months because of benefit seasons and all that kind of stuff. But there's also months that aren't as busy, right? And I wish they would educate us to say, okay, you have to stay really motivated or, you know, kind of pre-plan around these certain months because you're not going to make as much income as other months. So like, I'm glad, I'm glad that you are looking into that because, you know, I've, I've also talked to Malik about, um, his experience and how he's going to kind of adapt and evolve and help people prepare for the exams and stuff. So I think it's great to have individuals like you who are motivated to give back and really learn 
and, and educate people on your experience so far. I think that's great. I think that's really awesome. That's great. Thank you. Thank you so much. Malik's the best too. He's also someone I made be my friend <laughs> online. So now we've never met in person, but I like saw him on Instagram and I was just kind of like, yep, we're going to be friends. You seem amazing. Um, and I need the world <laughs> to know about you. And it's very important yeah, to He's me. a sweetheart. Um, he's so nice. Oh, that's <laughs> awesome. Literally. I love it. Well, is there anything else that you can think of um, that people need to know about entrepreneurship or, you know, even like kinesiology yourself? You know, I feel like this is a really good start to many conversations. Um, if you want to come, like, find me, talk to me, I'm always happy to collaborate with, uh, with people and find ways that we can build each other up together. Um, if you want to follow me on Instagram, my Instagram's at the movement maven. So that's my brand. I will be getting a cape at some point one day because I'm the superhero that nobody <laughs> wants, but everybody needs. So, uh, until they meet me and then I they're love just that. like, yeah, I want you. You're hilarious. <laughs> so yeah, it's usually not because they want to exercise when they're in pain. It's because they're like, I trust you. Let's talk about it. So yeah, that's mm -hmm. my Instagram. Um, yeah it's constantly an evolving thing. I don't know. That's, I think I said a lot. I know the ball just keeps rolling. That's the only thing that matters. As long as the ball stays rolling and motivated, that's, that's the biggest thing that's we can all do. We can expect that's what inertia is. So it's great. Yay. Science. I know. <laughs> Yay. Science. <laughs> well, honestly, thank you so much, Jamie, for coming on the show. I really, really appreciate it. I know everyone else will. Um, I hope everyone feels inspired and motivated to keep going within their careers because the opportunities are endless and who knows what can happen for the future. We could be working together. We could pair up. We could be best friends later in life or right now. Who yeah. knows? But I really, I really, really appreciate it. And thank you so much. Thank you for having, having me. Welcome to the best friends club. Hashtag best friends club. So um, I'm going to start that. <laughs> um, yeah. Thank you for having me. I love it. Thanks guys for tuning in. Have a great day.